another wedding. All right, so, so we're going to talk about Purpose Vision. We started talking about this on Wednesday. It's actually going to be our Wednesday teaching uh, for the month of January, but I thought um, since we're not going to talk about, we'll, we'll skim over the vision um, for the year tonight, and then we'll, you know, uh, next Sunday we'll actually be talking about uh, the vision for 2024, but spend some time uh, Wednesday talking about vision because vision is, it's, it's big, it's deep. I was talking to the stringers uh, after church last week, and they were just talking about, um, you know, purpose, vision, and, you know, their uh, vision boards, uh, and a lot of, well, just about everything on a vision board has come to pass, like things that, you know, having a picture. You know, when God was talking to Abraham and he wanted Abraham to understand what he was going to do in his life, he showed him the stars in the sky. You know, because, it, you know, God walks up to you and you're at the beginning of creation, Gerard, and he says, hey, I'm going to make a nation out of you. You know what your response is going to be? What's that? <laughs> you know, what does that look like? He said, look up in the sky. See those stars? Close. He says, see the sand in the sea? That's how massive... I'm going to expand your, your, your legacy, legacy and your heritage. You know, and that's kind of what it's about. Vision is about extending legacies and heritages. You know, you know uh, sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves, we realize we're not passing nothing on. We're not uh, passing no vision, no purpose, no nothing. It's just we were here and we left. But that's not really what it's about. Like the people behind us should uh, live a much better life than us, you know. And some of us didn't have a good start, but we can make sure the people behind us can have a good start, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So, you, so it's going to be some things that you're going to have to do. All right, so, so just a, a quick review from Wednesday that we talked about. We talked about how we have to prepare for vision. We have to prepare for vision. And so... We kind of broke down a few things how the, the Bible says in Psalm 119, uh, 130, it says the interest of the word bringeth light, right? Gives understanding to the simple. So what happens is the more words you get, the clearer you see, right? The more words you get, the clearer you see. I mean, the Bible even says you're clean through the word. You know, so being in this world of darkness that we're in, we take on the word and it flushes out anything that uh, blurs our vision from seeing our purpose, right? And then we gave Psalm 119, 105. This is review. All this is on video. So uh, from Wednesday, all this is on video from Wednesday. This is on video from Wednesday. You know how like you miss Wednesday and you say, well, I'll just get to watch the video. And then you know how you forget to watch the video? And then times go by, you didn't watch the video? So you know you don't miss what you haven't experienced, right? Amen. All right, so we talked about Psalm 119, 105, how the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Now, Gerard, if I'm operating a vision and I want to know where I'm going, I need to know where I'm at first. You know, even when we go into the mall, right? You look at the kiosk, it says what? You are here. You can't get to no place in that store unless you know exactly where you are. When you, when you go through your GPS, right, there's, there's a little top, something on the top that says what? Current location. So suppose you lie to the GPS. You, or suppose you believe you're somewhere that you're not. 
and you type in where, where you believe you are or where you would like to be, but not where you're at, are you going to get where you're going? Right, because you're not properly accessing what? Where you really are. Well, I think vision and purpose is the same way. It's not about how we feel we are, right? Or where we believe we are. It's about where we're exactly at, right? That's why you, if you know the truth, that's why you're free. You're free to move towards vision and purpose, all right? You got me so far. So Psalm 119, 105, right? All right, since this is a review, you could please write the scriptures down. Now, we're talking about, when we talk about be ready for vision, we talked about, uh, we went into Habakkuk 2, and Habakkuk 2 verse 1 says, I'll stand upon the watch. So here, and, and he says, I'm going to stand upon the watch so I can hear what God has to say. So that's an attentive thing. Then we went to Ecclesiastes 5, starting with verse 1. It says, keep thy foot when you come into the house of God. What it's saying is, be attentive when you come into the house of God. And I, and I talked about this because I'm a pastor and, and you know, I love people. So, you know, so they were, uh, I think Cinnamon, Cinnamon and uh, LaBarbera was picking with me. And they was laughing. I said, what y'all laughing at? He said, yeah, because you just be saying stuff like... But what it is, is I'm saying that sometimes I might say stuff that maybe other people wouldn't say or, but I'm going to tell the truth. So in other words, if your breath stink, I'm probably going to tell you. But I'm not telling you because, man, what's wrong with you, your breath stink? I'm telling you because somebody else should have told you. Right? Not tell somebody else. Somebody should walk up to you and say, hey, if nobody told you, your breath been kicking for the last week. Right? You probably won't say it like that, but I'm just saying. You understand what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I heard somebody say, but let them know, right? Right? All right, so you're trying to help, help, right? Let me know, you know, help. My wife would tell me, Harvey, bag, bag. You need a mint. All right, so I said that to say, um, I was saying, we're supposed to be attentive when we come in the house. And we probably don't realize sometimes we're going to be casual when we come around the word. Like the word starts going forth and we got a lot of other stuff to do. We could be on our phones. We could be checking the scores of the game. You know, it's amazing how that's the time you have to get up and go out to your car. That's the time you got to check your email, right? When the word is going forth. And so what I said is, let's say you say, well, I'm doing stuff for the church. Well, get here early enough where you get all your stuff done so when the word goes forth, there's no movement. Everybody's locked into the word, right? All right? And everybody around here teaches, right? Every, just about, unless you spanking brand new, just about everybody them had been at this pulpit, right? Just about. You know, Yaz hasn't been here yet, but you on your way. You do for a fast week, so you might as well start getting ready for it now. Just start writing that. Get, you, you got your pen, right? You write notes? Yeah, you better start taking notes because you are due. All right. Look, you sit next to two people that's, that's been powerful teaching beyond the pulpit. So that anointing is pouring off on you. So get ready. Look, she's blinking her eyes and, you know, <laughs> eyes getting watery and stuff like that. Right, but, but, but I said that to say when you are sharing, like I, I saw uh, uh, Justina and her daughter come up here and dance, right? Imagine if we all just got up and walked out while they're dancing. 
Now, I know if I got up and walked out while they dancing, I'm going to hear it from Justina. So, so Pastor, you had something else going on? Were you, what's going on? Right? Right? And I wouldn't be offended about that because I think it's special. You, you notice how you invite people when you're doing stuff? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Why you invite them? It's not a trick question. Exactly, right. All right, so God has been inviting us to his house, and he wants us to be attentive because he has vision for us, and that vision is going to lead us to purpose, okay? Right, so God understood. The reason why he had, we have to prepare for vision because God understood seeing the unseen in the seen world would be a struggle. You know, here, you know, in, in the beginning, John, uh, Genesis 2, 1, with Genesis 1, 1, God created the heaven and earth together. So he created the unseen and the seen to operate together. It's a conjunction. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth is the seen realm. The heavens is the unseen realm. Right? Then Genesis 2, 1, it says God was finished with the heavens and the, and the earth and all the hosts of them, the population. So he's done. Like nothing else is happening. You know, you, like everything that we need has already been created. But when you say you can't see it, it's because it's in the unseen realm, right? That's why we pray for it to be on earth as what? It is in heaven. Scripture says you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, right? Some of us, we make decisions for what we can see, the circumstances, not for what we can't see. Now, we know 2 Corinthians 4.18 says what? Look not on the things what? That you see for their what? Temporal, which means what? Subject to change. Good, good, good. All right? Right? You're supposed to say that. You got, you got your, your, your little brother and sister over there. <laughs> right? Subject to change. Right? That means whatever happens, bad or good, is subject to change. Just like we're aging. You don't look like you looked 10 years ago. No, for real. No, for real, for real. For real, for real. I know, I know you think you do, but you don't. <laughs> you don't. You know, I, I heard somebody last night was saying uh, they was uh, coordinating their outfits, and they said, uh, uh, yeah, I got that outfit, but it don't fit the same. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Mel, it wasn't you. Is that cool? It wasn't you. I said, I heard some people talking. Pastor Mel, making sure she's saying it wasn't her. Right. But, but what does that mean? That means it don't fit the same. I have stuff I have not worn that I like. You know why? It don't fit the same. You know why? Because you can see me, can't you? I'm subject to change too. <laughs> right? I got to work to maintain. Right? If I don't, if I just chill, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to change. I'm going to change, put it this way, I'm, you know, when it comes to pictures, I'm going to fill up the, 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 the square a little different, you know, if I don't do nothing, right? If I want to stay within the picture, I got to put in some work. All right, so, so God knew it was a struggle, so he, he said, listen, I understand you're going to come in and you're going to be immature. You're going to be children. You know, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, understood as a child, but when I became a man or mature male or female, I put off childish things. Children can't see. With all due respect, that's why they complain. 
That's why they're frustrated, and that's why they make bad decisions, because they can't see the whole picture. They ain't even thinking about the whole picture. They're thinking about what's in front of their face. They're thinking about today, when we're supposed to be thinking about not just where we're at, but where we're going. But when you mature, you don't just think about your age today. You think about, how does what I do today prepare me for when I'm 18, 19, 20, 21? If I, if, if, if I, if I make the tough decisions today, I'm going to enjoy 21. But if I play around too much today, 21 is going to be a nightmare. If I'm playing around at 21, 31 is going to be a nightmare. If I play around at 41, 51 is going to be catastrophic. If I'm playing around at 51, still playing at 51. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in big, big, big trouble with my entire life, but also my legacy. Right? Right? You see what I'm saying? So, 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 so God understood I need you to mature and not just be a child, not just to think about what about me? Listen, some of us have been hurt in relationships. We're still thinking that was about us. Guess what? I've been hurt in tremendous amount of relationships from the time I entered into this earth, hurt by the parents. Guess what? That God has used that to help other people's lives. See, so, but we're so busy focusing on ourselves, what about me? And now we don't deal with nobody because of one somebody, right? right. right? But that was, that was the adversary trying to cloud us so we couldn't see where we're supposed to go, right? Or some of us, we've been carrying around the, 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 either the effect of the relationship or the relationship for almost like 15, 20 years. Some longer, I know someone that was close to me, carried around their entire life the impact of one relationship. And so you, you still think I'm just talking about boyfriend and girlfriend. Could be a parent. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I wish sometimes I could like flip it. So when we get the new cameras, y'all be able to see because we'll have a camera where we can show some people in the audience and you'll see their face. When we get the new camera, you're like, you just see the different angles, right? But you should see the faces like, yep. Like the yup is like at a whole nother level. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, so now God, God says, okay, I know that I, I put him in this world and, 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 I, and I walked you through the picture of it the, uh, uh, the other week when I was saying how, how we, we, had, we were sent in this earth realm, but we were sent shaping in iniquity and sin it. And so, so we, came in, we came in dark, right? But the goal is for us to be born again, right? See, you must be born again, born of water and of the spirit. So, so if, I'm, if I'm born of water and of the spirit, now I start to see different, right? So we talked about that already. Now, now what this does when we're born again, now we take on the, 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 the nature of the kingdom of God. See, we're... we're, we're we're in the world and birthed into the world, but immediately God wants us as soon as possible to be born again, so now we're playing off of the kingdom of God, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what? On earth. As it what? Is in heaven. Right, so we're immediately we should be playing off of the kingdom. That's why the scripture says don't be conformed to this world, what? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? And see, so now when I take on the kingdom life, I start to operate different. I see different. Now I'm playing off vision for what I can't see yet, 
but when I'm going to later. Not playing off of the circumstances that I'm frustrated by now and I let weigh me down for later. You see the difference? Yeah. Right? So we're taking on the kingdom life, right? It's, it's a whole nother flow. Now, we can't stay in darkness now. We have to embrace the kingdom. So the scripture says, um, uh, and this is all review, but first, first Timothy 6.12, it says, fight the good fight of what? Faith. Faith. But then after that, it says, lay hold on what? Eternal life. Good, good, good. I kind of led y'all into that. You see, Venetia, that's how you do that. You remember when we were talking about that? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I gave you everything that's how I led them in. All right. All right. So fight the good fight of what? Faith. So, 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 so put on some faith lenses, right, that'll help you to see outside of the seen realm into the unseen realm. It says lay hold on eternal life. Remember the things that we see are what? The things that we can't see are what? Eternal. So I want to lay hold. Not not operating the kingdom. I'm going to lay hold on the eternal life. So what's powering me is everlasting as opposed to temporary. You got me? All right, good, good, good. All right, we're still talking about vision, purpose vision, actually. All right, so then we talked about this, and I've shared it a thousand times, but hopefully it'll fit good here. Vision, so God knows it's, it's, it's hard for us to process vision. And so when it starts out, vision is like, a, I always say, like a baseball or a softball. And I, I gave the example on Wednesday how uh, I just started wearing glasses for two years, but before that, uh, I have perfect, it's perfect vision in this eye, well, at least it was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But I guess it's been damaged. It's the only eye I've really been using as far as clarity. Peripherally or nearsightedness, I've been using this eye. But to see distance, this eye. See everything. I can read everything in there. I could even read Rogue on that uh, clock over there, right? So, and I said how I used to pass the driver's test is I, I got good recall. So I remember the lowest level line from the right side. And so when they, when they asked me, what do you see on your left? I have memorized the lowest, because if you tell them the lowest level, the smallest thing, they're gonna say, that boy can see. But really, all I can see is colors on the left side. I couldn't see no letters. But if you, they, you know, they blink the light to check your peripheral, I see all the lights and I see all colors, but no words. What I would tell them, I don't have to, you don't have to do this now because you don't need to see on that side as long as your peripheral is good. I didn't know that. But back then, I would basically, I'm lying. You know, I, I didn't see nothing. So what do you see on, what's the lowest line you see on the left side? And I would go X, Y, whatever. Right? Why? Because of death perception. So death perception, so, so when your eyes are, are, are like mine is far-sighted, I can see totally clear, nearsighted, on this side, I can see clear. Because if I close this eye right now, y'all all are blur. Right? So now that affects your death perception. So, so realistically, in my life, there's times when I've uh, got mad. You know, this is my BC days. Got an argument, got mad, drove, and hit. Uh, in, in, in the East Coast, they have, um, uh, what do you call them? It's out here too, but. No, no, it's like, it's like a divider for the street, but, you know, it might have grass or something in it, but it sits real low. You know what I'm saying? It sits real low. So I'm mad. I'm driving, and, and I have to make a turn. 
and, and I'm making a turn, so you got this divider in the street, but death perception-wise, I don't see it because it's what low is outside of my, my and then, then on this side, my peripheral is different. This side, I see everything. Matter of fact, when I play basketball, shooting left hand, right here, I'm in faith. Shooting a left hand hook. As soon as I go right here, I'm in faith because I can't see it. When I come here, I can see my hand. So, and I use my left hand a lot, so I've been walking by faith left side. On the right side, I see it all the way through. I see everything. I see every position of my arm. Here, when I get about right here, there's nothing there. So when I would throw passes, I'm throwing passes, I, I sense the person's over there because I don't see them. Now, this is, this is how I compensated for years. Now, I said that to say death perception, when I play baseball, the ball would be in the air. I'm not moving because I, I don't know where the ball's at. It's way up there, and I'm like, I can't gauge if I'm, if, if, I'm, if I'm in proximity to catch it, if I'm at a distance, I needed it to get closer for it to get clearer, and then I would move. And I was telling them on Wednesday, I made a lot of shoestring catches. So if you don't know baseball, you'd be like, man, this dude is phenomenal. Look, he slid and caught that one. He leaped and caught that one. Because I would always catch the ball because I was fast. But I was late. Now, the people that play baseball, the coaches, Keith, what are you doing? They yelling, man, jump, go. Man, what are you doing? What are you waiting? Like that. And then I would get to the sideline and say, man, you're giving us a heart attack out there, man. Because it looks like he ain't catching that ball. He got a late jump on it. Why did I get a late jump? Because I couldn't what? Right. We get a late jumps in life because we can't see. We're dealing with spiritual death perception. Because things are closer than they appear. <laughs> you hear that one? Things are closer than they appear. Right? Right? All right, all right, so all right. We're talking about purpose vision again, right? And so, so, so as, as things get closer, they get clearer. Right? Now, now, this is the thing. This is the thing, like, if we take on the lenses of God through taking on the word, right? Remember we said to fight the good fight of faith? You see things and you can recognize how to move without waiting to the last minute to make choices and panicking, right? The Bible says they have eyes, but they see not. They have ears, but they don't see. And then it breaks down and says they have eyes. Uh, it says they have ears, but they don't understand. So they listen to information, but they don't understand, right? Because they're clouded. They're immature. Remember, I was a child, speaking a child, thought a child, understand as a child. It says they have eyes, but they don't perceive. So meaning they have eyes and they see naturally. I see. What you telling me, I know what I see. Yeah, but you don't perceive there's more to it than what you see with your eyes. And we went through 2 Kings 6.16 when Gehazi, based on what he saw, said, hey, he's telling Elijah, look at these kingdoms after us. He said, man, we good. He said, what do you mean we good? He said, there's more that be with us than be with them. He was like, what do you mean there's more to be with us to be with them? He says, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. So now he was saying, open his eyes so he can perceive. You know why you're stressed? You know why you're frustrated? You know why you feel hopeless? Because you've lost perception. 
So you sin, but you're only seeing the circumstances in front of you. And the more the adversary pushes you into the lust of the world, right? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The more he pushes you in that, the clouder you get, and you just play off of what you believe you see. Like, I listen to people, they talk in absolutes. They're so confident. They're judging everybody. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, the don't judge me angle. I'm talking about literally they're going, well, you know, because they don't know what they're talking about. This person knows what they're talking about. Based on what? Based on your perception? No, based on what you believe you see. But if you perceived, you would see that person is who you need. You need to chase them down like a hawk. You need to stay in their face until you extract every nugget of vision and purpose out of them. See, that's why Elijah wouldn't leave Elijah. Elijah wouldn't leave Elijah. Wherever he went, he was with him. Because he had got some. He says, if, if, if you see me, when I go to another level, you get a double portion of the anointing. And so he's traveling to Jericho, and he says, man, wait right here. He said, no, that's all right. I'm going to go with you. He traveled to Bethel. He said, wait right here. He said, that's all right. I'm going to go with you. Every place he traveled, he's like, oh, no, no, no. You, no, no, no. I'm going to. I see there's more going on here than with the natural eye. And he received a double portion of the anointing, you know, where he was uh, parting the Jordan himself with his mantle. Okay? All right, so, so now that, that 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, now we look through a glass darkly. And I know I'm quoting the scriptures. You please write them down. But this is a review, so all this stuff is on video. Um, and for some reason, I'm spending a whole long, a long time with the review, but I guess we need to get this again. So 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, it says uh, now we're looking through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Let's just look at that scripture because I think that's important, all right? 1 Corinthians 13, 12. See, there's this roadmap to fulfilling purpose, and it's clear through vision, and it's right in our word all the time. But a lot of times we can't see it because we spend more time with the world than the word, right? Trying to please man and not God. All right, so 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 12. It says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, Right? It says, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I'm, even as also I am known, and Amplify says, by God, right? And then let's go to Proverbs 29. All right, so this says we're looking through a glass darkly, like, like a fog in a mirror. It says, but then face to face, and then after the semicolon, he breaks it down. It says, now we see in part. None of us are exempt from that, especially if we haven't matured ourselves in God and haven't totally got all in in the kingdom, right? We're still clouded even though we think we can see. It's amazing how everybody sees where you sees, see the reality of where you are but you. Um, but that's called blind spots. You know, actually, all this stuff is actually a section in the book that, coming out here in 2024. I just thought about that. This is, that's why it's flowing out of me because I spent a lot of time with this. All right. So Proverbs 29, 18. 
It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So where there is no vision, the people, pre- <laughs> the people perish, <laughs> right? Right? And, and so uh, 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 another version says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. So vision keeps us within the narrow way that leads to life and peace. It keeps us, we got boundaries, right? Because I'm playing off a of vision. So, you know, you guys have a vision map or a vision board, vision, vision picture. All right, but somebody offers you something that's different from the picture. Well, you don't want that. Why? Because that's not what's on in the vision. Remove the vision, you may take something that gives you a hard time. It, it just, it, it makes everything worse because what? It's not a part of the vision, right? And, and I remember uh, I was teaching youth, I was working in youth ministry, and so we always used to write a vision. So one of the things we had on our vision board, this, now this is material. We had a lot of things on the vision board. Uh, one of them is what we do right now as pastor in the church. Uh, but in this particular case, you know, I, I mean, I, I, was, uh, I was driving one day to minister. And I didn't know if I was going to get there because of the car I was driving. And I was like, you know, so I was, I, was, I was driving, but I was like, man, this car break down. And I said, hold on, God. This don't even, don't even seem close to right. How am I going to do your work concerned about the vehicle if it's going to get me there? And from that point on, I said, I'm doing this thing all wrong. I got to be driving what I need to drive to make sure I'm getting what I'm going. It can't be no guessing. And so we had on our vision map a Jeep Grand Cherokee, uh, all black, trimmed in gold. So I was teaching the youth about faith and how, how you, know, you know, when you're praying for stuff, you know, you're, you're basically pulling it out of the invisible realm into the visible. I said, so, I said, so but when you, the, the, the Bible says, angels hearken to the voice of God's word, right? And it's, it's a movie called, uh, it's a book called uh, Angels by Charles Capps, right? And something he was talking about in the book and how, and so basically he was breaking it down. He says, when you're speaking God's word or what God has told you, the angels are in agreement and they're assisting because they're the host that's in heaven, right? They're assisting bringing that to pass. I said, but if you start to speak what the devil says, you're holding them up. You know, so that's almost like, you know, it's almost like a battle going on. And that's like a jab for the demon when you speak negative or worry. Because you're snared by the words of your mouth, right? So that doesn't empower the angels. That's empowering the demons. You know, so that's like, you, that's like a hook, uppercut, you, right? But when you speak what God says, you know, that's like a hook, uppercut, and knockout for the angels, right? So I said, well, I said so we, we, I said, we believe in for this Greek, Jeep Grand Cherokee. And I said, uh, and I said, uh, the angels are driving it into the earth realm right now, right? Now, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm preaching. You know, I'm just flowing with the gifts. I'm just flowing. I wasn't really trying to make up. Nothing. I just flowing. So some years later, not years later, probably the next year, I'm driving a youth to an event. And just so happened the tape of that sermon was in the car. And it came up. I think it was called a... Uh, uh, radically off the hook faith. I think that's what I taught, you know, to the youth that time. And so the tape is playing and that part came on of when I said the angels are driving the earth around. The interesting thing is we were driving the vehicle 
that I was talking about in the tape sometime before. Because that's the exact vehicle I got. Right? So, so, so what, what I'm saying is, is vision. And the trip is I was offered other vehicles. Like, that's not what God told me to get. That's not, that's, that's not the vision. So, so there's certain things. Like I've been offered jobs, opportunities, businesses, all types of stuff. And people's like, man, you can do this. Like I'm making money, but you can make, you, with all your connect, you can, now you can make some money. I said, man, you know what? This, is, this looks like a real good business. And I see why it's working for you. But that's not what God told me to do. And it's like, yeah, but you ain't really making no money. Yeah, but see, it's not about me making money. It's about me being aligned with purposed vision. Now, this, is, this conversation I had with this person, I was a minister at the church I went to. I wasn't doing what I do now. Right? Okay, so, so stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? We're going somewhere here. All right? All right, so, so this is what happened. Vision is designed to guide your, guide your gift to its place of maximum use. So vision is designed to guide your gift to place of maximum use. So you can use your gift outside of the maximum use. Like plenty of people do things they can do and they get success. They're just not fulfilled because they're not in a place of its maximum use. And a lot of times what they do is they excuse God's purpose vision for the compromise vision and then they tell themselves, but look, 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 ain't nobody doing this. Uh, I'm pretty successful and people like me. But see, you don't realize what you're forfeiting, all right? You don't, you, you don't realize the, the, uh, the legacy. And see, when you're in your place of maximum use, it's your place of purpose. And, and so we talked about this Wednesday. Some see it and then lose sight of it while it's right in the midst of them, though. Like they see it and then they lose sight of it. And then they, Remember uh, James 1, James 1, James 1. Let's go to James 1. Real quick, uh, so I was going to make short work of this, so it's probably just going to be the review, and Wednesday we'll get back into it, okay? Because I don't want us to, I promised we wouldn't be here long today. He's a man of his word, Gerard, and I have to be a man of mine, right? Ain't that the song you sang? All right, uh, James 1, if I can get there. James 1, 23. James chapter 1, verse 23. Right, so it says, uh, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Like, sees clearly who he is and what God's purpose him to do. It says, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, not the way he sees. Right? It says, goes his way, straightway forget, forget if what manner of man he was. So this is what happens. Like we come into God's house, we're around the people of God, and we see, we see it. We, we see it clearly. The next thing we do is going to determine if we hold on to it or lose what we see. So we, if we are obedient to what we see, it not only gets clearer, it gets closer. If we're disobedient to what we see, we start to lose sight of it because we're we're, we're walking away from what God showed us. You see the difference? So that's why sometimes people see it and lose sight of it even though they're right 
in the midst of it, right? Now, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, we talked about this last week, so I'm going to give you this. I think this is, it says, pray that you may prophesy, right? Now, 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 now uh, uh, that's uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Now, 1 Corinthians 14 breaks down prophecy and unknown tongues. Now, it's breaking down prophecy because the gift of tongues is in that list of 1 Corinthians 12 of prophecy. So the Bible is consistent, like everything connects. So 1 Corinthians 12 breaks down all the gifts, uh, the gift of tongues, uh, the gift of working of miracles, the gift of faith, words of knowledge. That's talking, talking to somebody what's going on in their life or what's happened last week. The words of wisdom, talking to somebody about what's happening in the future, prophecy, God speaking directly through a vessel to you, Right? You know, it talks about the working of miracles. It talks about the gift of tongues and interpretation, right? Now, when the gift of tongues is, if I started doing this sermon in the gift of tongues, there should be an interpreter, right? Or, or the Lord may give me the interpretation so I can speak. And then, because otherwise, y'all be confused. First Corinthians 14 talks about that. So you, if, if you start to edify in tongues, people are going to think you're crazy, because nobody understands. But it says when you speak, verse 2 says when you speak in an unknown tongue, it's not talking about the gift of tongues. In an unknown tongue, you're speaking unto God, right? right. So that's, your, that's, that's, that's our, our heavenly language that you see the babies speaking when they first get here and we teach them English, right? You've seen babies talk to each other, you know they're speaking like they're talking to each other. We teach them that, 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 that. They babble at first, babbling sentences, you can see the video from um, Wednesday. Now, speaking in unknown tongues, uh, 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 Romans 8.26 says, the, whole, the spirit utters groaners that we can't speak. Right? Because we can't see or bigger, we can't perceive. But the Holy Spirit on the inside, it says, the spirit searches the deep things of God. Right? First Corinthians 2, right? It says the deep things of God. Right? And so the, the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. It sees exactly what vision and purpose is, and it starts to speak it out because you're snared by the words of your mouth, life and death is in the power of the tongue. It starts to speak it. When you, when you speak in an unknown tongue and you're speaking it out, you're speaking out mysteries is what the Scripture says. Right? You're speaking out what you can't see. You're speaking out vision and purpose. But you're speaking into the atmosphere and your body starts to get snared by it. Right? Because the, the, the spirit utters groanings that we can't speak. The perfect prayer is what the scripture says. It says, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Right? Right? So, so this, is, this, this is why some of these things that we blow off because we don't understand and we can't control are important. It says, because the scripture says, pray that you may prophesy. What it's saying when you prophesy, so prophecy is this, you manifest vision. The unseen and the not obvious. See, see, so when I operate in the gifts, stir up the gifts. <laughs> right, they were singing that earlier, right? When I operate in the gifts, when the gifts are stirred up, right, now I start to speak out prophecy. I'm manifest, manifesting things from the heaven realm into the earth realm. Because when God is talking, God is talking from the unseen realm into the seen realm. So that's why it says, pray that you may prophesy. So it's a benefit. But the, the culture and the world will tell you, oh, that's, that's the devil or that's spooky. 
But, you know, you know, we ain't all been saved. I ain't hear nobody speaking in tongues when I was in the club. In the club and some other dicey places I was in. The house parties are nothing. All right? And so, so, so again, I understand different, different cultures have taken hold of God's stuff and uh, perverted it. But we're not led by cultures. We're not led by tradition. We're led by the Spirit. We're just going to be obedient to God. We're, just like churches have jacked people up, just like parents have jacked people up, just like boyfriends and girlfriends have jacked people up, husbands and wives have jacked people up. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? But we're not trying to be with all them people, are we? We're trying to be in the place where we can maximize our gift. See, See, what I did was I got with God. I got with God and found out what I was, how I'm supposed to live this life. That's with Jesus, right? So that's the, that's the best place to maximize my gift. Much better than basketball. I love basketball. I did basketball well. But what I do is what I was supposed to do. Well, guess what? Before even that, I found my wife. I found a relationship where I could maximize my gifts. Every time I'm around her, it just stirs up the gift. Man, I'm not trying to be around kryptonite. I found people to be around that stir up my gifts. See, we hang out, we chase folk based on their status, based on their money, based on their relationship, based on them punking us sometimes. That ain't started, that's smothering, that's kryptonite. That's smothering gifts. Look at who you around. Are you free to flow in the gifts? Some of us forgot we had them. We ain't used our gifts in so long. We, we are walking around as if we're giftless. We know you do that because you know you gifted. You gifted. But are you around things? See, you let the one situation that hurt you do what it was designed to do by the adversary. Keep you from being around anything to stir up the gifts. Y'all need to start talking to some people around here that, that, that participate in discipleship classes and, and, the, and the, the Bible study fellowships in the morning and different things like that. You, y'all need to spend some time interviewing some of them people and you'll see that their life has went from dormant gift to stirring up the gifts. Don't, don't, don't take my word for it. Ask them. Some of y'all ain't got to ask because you've seen it. What is different about them? What you'll find out what they're doing is staying in an atmosphere of stirred the gifts. So you got me so far there? See, the world wants to flip our gifts into suffering um, by perverting its purpose use, twisting it, right? Um, I, I shared this on Wednesday. Miles Monroe said, if you understand the purpose of a thing, you'll abuse it. See, we don't understand what we were designed to do when we've been abusing it. You know, some people have the gift, they call it the gift of God, but that is the ability to prophesy. They've perverted that into hustling folk. Ah, kids are here. So what can I say? Uh, chasing body parts. That, that's not what I was going to say. I was actually going to say a body part, but since the kids are here, I won't say it. Right? Right? So you, you're, you're, you, that's not what it's for. 
chasing something that only corrupts your gift and weakens you even more? Makes no sense, right? Exploiting folk, right? And so, so, so we talked about this before, how the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, the violent, violent taketh by force. We have to passionately lock into purpose, vision, and stay locked on it. Now, you know how if you ever mess with cameras or video, stuff like that, keeping things in the focus is important, right? Sometimes things are a blur. Like the description of 1 Corinthians 13 in the Amplified, it says, it says, now we're looking at life as in a riddle or an enigma. Look, it says a dim reflection of reality. It says, it says but eventually we'll see in reality, right? So, so, so that's the thing. A lot of times um, when, when, when we taught on this topic before, the title was called Real Vision. And I always use real. Because real is just shutting down all the extra and saying reality. Because some people say, you know, my vision, you ain't got no real vision if it ain't come from God. You're just making up stuff. And then now you got to, once you start making up stuff, now you got to keep acting. Now you got to keep fronting. Now you got to keep hiding. Now you got to keep running. Now you got to keep looking over your shoulder. Now you got to keep acting like you're happy and you're not. What's that going to do your gifts? First of all, operating at any level of lie, right, smothers your gift, clouds you from it. So now we know the, the obvious lies. You just lied this week. All right, we, we got that. But living a lie is worse than that. You fronting. You ain't living. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, man, everything's going good, man. Everything's going good. And you're going back into the house crying. Who are you fooling? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not fooling me because I don't really, I don't have a dog in that fight. Like, I'm not trying to prove if you don't listen to me or if you don't listen to what God has to say and you go through stuff, I don't win. I don't win. Anybody around here that's gone through stuff and I told you something and you didn't do it, when you came back to me, I didn't go, I told you so. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You should have listened. I guess I'm right now. Uh-huh. I'm right now. You're going to listen next time, aren't you? I never did. <laughs> I never did that. You can interview my son. I've told my son stuff. He did it. Told, I, I didn't go, so you're going to listen to daddy, ain't you? The next time, look at you. Look at you. Should have listened. I'm not that guy. It doesn't benefit me. It benefits me. If you do what God has told you the purpose to do. I was talking to Mr. James. He was like, and, and so it's, it's something he's helping me with. And I said, man, I appreciate, and I was sincere. I was like, I appreciate, like, because it's weird for me. I need help, but a lot of times I don't, for stuff that's personal to me, I don't get help because I've dealt with a lot of people that can't stand the light. So I was like, well, I'm not trying to make you feel bad to help, so I just do it myself then. If you're going to get uncomfortable or if you're going to throw it back in my face or if you're going to trip when it starts to get to a point where the light starts to shine more, I, I don't need to deal with it. I don't have time for that. But this guy right here, he's just genuinely, like, he's, he's a genuine servant and it's scary. That's probably not a good word. I shouldn't have used it. <laughs> but I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it just for the, 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 because I'm like that. 
And so I haven't really seen it a lot. But is this somebody that really generally, like, he was like, okay, we could do this. And he was just, he was more excited than I was. I was like, it's a little different, but I appreciate it. That's somebody you know you can trust, right? But he says something. He says, well, I'm excited because this benefits all of us. I know that language. I speak that language. That ain't tongues to me. Oh, you're talking my language now because that's how we think. When you're doing what you're supposed to do, we all benefit. Duh. You see what I'm saying? So every, like, like it's a stretch. I'm stretching you because we all benefit when you get in place. It does me no, like, I, I, do you think I like you walking away going, I am not calling Pastor Keith because I don't have enough. I'm talking to Jason right now. Jason's back there. Since he decided to stand up, make himself seen, right? Do you think I like that? Do you think I'm not aware of that? Well, I am. Now I'm not talking to Jason. I'm talking to the other people that do that. See? See, I see I switched that up on y'all. I'm totally aware of all of a sudden you ain't got time. I'm, I'm not aware of that. I take it on the chin. But do you think my job is just to make you feel bad? No, my job is for to give my life so you can fulfill purpose. That is my job. I'm, she will tell you, I'm fulfilled when you're fulfilled. So when you decide to run, get lazy, make excuses, get defensive, start playing chess while you're talking to me. Like, <laughs> see, I slipped over there. You see how I did that? Just flowing, just flowing in the gifts. Like that, that doesn't really help. Why are you playing chess with me? Just make the moves I told you to make. It's not me telling you, but you know what I mean, right? Because I set myself apart to see clearly. Now, some of y'all ain't setting yourself apart like that. Not because you evil, because you ain't got there yet. So God sends shepherds, not just any shepherd. <laughs> some people know why I said that, right? <laughs> right? But people are after his own heart, right? <laughs> right? You got me? Let's stand on your feet because I said we was going to leave early. So we'll finish this on Wednesday. 